everything's coming up to to Timberwolves. Yeah, yeah. In the zone, simple dedication to the team when you're in the know. To to Timberwolves. Yeah, yeah. In the soul, lifting all the positivity for the wolves to grow. So where we going from here, man? We listen week to week to get the clearest to clear. Recaps, got that. South cap, got that. Team ads, got that. So tell me what they do not have, huh? Question to ask, but I don't mean to go brag. But boy, they got all the stats, and they could go all the way back from KG to Zerbiak. And all I'm saying is that the cast a one stop shot for my timber wolves. Timber wolves, ain't a thing falling, everything's coming up. Timber wolves, timber wolves, falling from the autumn, ain't nobody gonna stop him. It's the timber wolves, timber wolves, phonies, you can spot them, they the sheep under their clothes. Timber wolves, timber wolves, talk a lot about them. Welcome in to another Everything's Coming Up Timberwolves podcast. My name is Gabe Anderson, and we're joined as always by Chris Emerson. Chris, how are we doing? Doing well. Doing well. Good. Glad to hear it. Glad to hear it. Uh, you may notice we are missing uh, someone from the intro tonight. Uh, Jared Good isn't able. He might join us later. We'll see. But for now, it's just going to be us two tonight. We're just going to talk about the trade deadline a little bit. It was a busy trade deadline. Uh, where would you say, in general, where would you say the trade deadline that you can remember, like with all the moves and stuff, ranks? Like you don't have to be a definitive rank, but upper right. tier, lower tier, or middle tier for trade I mean, deadline? It's got to be. It's got to be upper tier for me. I mean, you've got, you know, multiple all stars: McCollum, Harden, uh, Simmons, um, Andre Drummond, mm-hmm. um, young stars, and Halliburton. Um, Porzingis, I think, has probably been in an all-star. I mean, there's a lot of big names that have moved around. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I noticed something. It wasn't just the all-star day either. It was the couple – or not, sorry, the trade deadline day. It was a couple days before it as well because you had the Sabonis trade, which immediately oh, yeah, affected Sabonis. the I think Sabonis – now, people could say the refs, but I think Sabonis was the main reason we lost against the Kings, like, to be honest. And then, of course, you had the C.J. McCollum trade. What's interesting, and we'll talk about this a little more, it seems like there's a lot of teams, or particularly there are a couple teams that for some reason are going all in to get the 10th spot in the West. Yeah, I mean, look at the last team that we know that did that was the Chicago Bulls, you know. They went mm-hmm. all in right at the end, and they got Vucevic uh, last year. They made the, you know, made the playoffs, made a little bit of a run, and then that maybe made them a little bit more of attractive as a free agent market. And then they turn around and add DeRozan, and now look at them there, right. you know, right up top in the East, and about to get beat tonight by the Timberwolves. Hell yeah, <laughs> yeah. No, it's going to be a good matchup. I, this is one I definitely had circled. Uh, on my calendar going forward. But going back to the trade deadline, let's just get to it. All in all, and we'll kind of go trade by trade in a little bit, who is your biggest, like, winner from the trade deadline? Who would you say got the W the biggest? And you can mention a couple teams, but who would you say is your ultimate W? Yeah, I'm going to say I'm gonna say my top two. Um, sure. My top two are the Nets, yep. um, just because, I mean – Oh, man, they did so well. I mean, Harden is, in my opinion, kind of a shell of who he used to be. Um, mm-hmm. He's owed ridiculous amounts of money if he if he opts in. And then even that, after that, his next contract's probably going to be 50 mil a year. Right. Um, 
I, I, I hated their lineup. I hated the idea of Kyrie Irving, Harden, and Durant together. Um, just seemed like a bunch of guys that want to do ISO basketball, not really play D, not really pass. Like it's not really, I mean, I, I, I just hated that, that combination. Mm-hmm. Um, so then they ended up getting Ben Simmons, obviously. And what's a sleeper here is, is they got um, Andre Drummond. Yeah. That dude is just a couple of years away from being the league leader in rebounding. Um, he's always gets a ton of steals. Last year was got a bunch of blocks too. I mean, he's that dirty work monster that is doing everything that, you know, Harden and Durant don't have to do now. Right. Um, and then add Simmons, who's like the, like the, you know, Rolls Royce version of that dirty monster, um, getting everything else taken care of, moving the ball, right. pushing on the break, grabbing rebounds. Um, you know, thinking the last three years, he's, he, you know, his passes to open three pointers or passes to three pointers made is like one, number one in the NBA. So right. I just love what they did. I loved everything they did. And they got off a guy who by all accounts that's coming out now, didn't want to be there, was kind of a team cancer. And uh, yeah, I mean, I think they were great. Um, <laughs> secondly, I really like what the Cavs did, which is weird. They moved Rubio, who they probably weren't going to sign, and he may not even play in the NBA anymore. Yeah, um, I don't know. It's going to be and like us, and not not because of talent, just because you know he's he, moved yeah. around so much. It's time to maybe go back home and just kind of relax. Um, and then they they got Levert for pretty much him and some seconds and. Levert's a guy I would have really liked to go for. I think he's a guy that can be a play-creating wing. You can have him almost run point guard. He can score. He can play good defense. He's got decent size. He's got one year left on his deal, so that you get a look at him. And uh, if you don't like him, you're really not out anything. And with mm-hmm. Sexton being hurt um, and Rubio being out, that's a great guard to plug in. And, I mean, they're going to be able to make a playoff run. Right. And I would say, so for my winners, I, I got a couple too that I'll go through. Uh, and, and obviously the Nets is obviously one of them, right? Like you get Ben Simmons. Another thing of that, you, you think about, uh, you, you think about Ben Simmons and his ability to distribute to open shooters. You got Joe Harris and Seth Curry on the same team. Like, And you've got, um, oh, who's that Australian? I can't think of his name right now. That used to be the, the Spurs forever. Uh, I'm trying um, to remember. Patty Mills. Patty Mills. Yeah, you've got Patty Mills. You've got Durant. You've got. I think I was just looking. They've got like three guys shooting over forty percent now, and mm-hmm. they've got like another two or three shooting thirty-five plus percent, almost forty percent, with Curry coming over. I mean, they've got shooters everywhere. Right. Yeah, and so some of my winners, I would say, honestly, and we'll get in this trade in a little bit, but I think a big winner is the Dallas Mavericks. Just just to get rid of Porzingis. I mean, he's owed a lot of money. He he hasn't jived well with Luca, and he he's he's rarely on the court. Like you hate to say it, but he's rarely on the court. And uh he, yeah, uh so I, I would say that and they bring in a, a good scorer that could go around Luca Doncic like Dinwiddie. I don't think Dinwiddie moves the needle as far as a contender, but I think the the good thing is that they got off Porzingis. And also, uh, I think the Celtics did pretty well in this trade deadline, bringing in Derek White. Um, uh, all they had to give up was like Romeo Langford and, and some other guy. Um, so I, I think they made a good Richardson. move. Yeah, Richardson. Yeah, which, I mean, he, he had one good year in Miami, but 
I, I think that was a good move as well. And I don't know. I, I think the Celtics are a team on the upswing right now, uh, particularly how they've been playing. I mean, they've been playing amazing defense, and you you add that on, and I, I just and think they brought in that Tice guy or Thice or whatever. Oh yeah, yeah, that that was yeah, that was that was a move like right after the trade deadline, like right before it ended. Yeah, Daniel yep, Thice. So he's another hard nose kind of banger to uh, you know to to clog up the middle. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, so so let's move and we'll go with this, Chris. Uh, who would you say are the big losers from this year's trade deadline? See, I would go with Dallas. Really? So okay. I would have said Dallas because um, money-wise with Bertans, who I think is – I think he's got three years left making $16 million each, and I think um, Dinwiddie is about the same. So if you add them up, I don't think they got any cap relief or any really years – off of what um, off Porzingis was having. And mm-hmm. Bertans is shooting 31% right now for three this year, which is his worst year. Who knows? Maybe he'll pick it back up. Um, but that's the same percentage Dinwiddie's shooting, 31% from three. That's mm-hmm. terrible. I mean, that's that's like, you know, well below NBA average. So I don't really know. I don't really know what their plan was, unless it was literally um, Lucas saying, I hate Porzingis. Because it's not like Dinwiddie's, um, you right. know, Cal Ripken, Mister, Mister, um, you know, unbreakable either. Like that guy's right. hurt a lot too. So um, I would say they, they took a bad hit. And um, who else do I think? You know, Sacramento took an interesting hit. Yeah, um, yeah, and I want to talk about that too. But yeah, yeah, they're. I don't know. Um, do we want to break them down trade by trade or just kind of keep rolling? Sure, sure. Yeah, yeah, we can we can do that. Why don't we start with the early one? Your thoughts on the uh your thoughts on the DeMontis Sabonis trade. So what I guess happened here is this is my guess. My guess is um they're realizing that Fox I don't think likes to play with Halliburton. I don't think Fox likes the fact that Halliburton's uh crowd favorite. Um he's taken a lot of the shine off of Fox. Um, so I don't think those two were jiving together. And I think they probably tried to move Fox, who's got something like four years left uh, after this year, $34 million each year. Um, they tried to move him, and I don't think there's many takers. So mm-hmm. it's like, well, how do we improve this roster? Um, I guess we're going to have to move Halliburton. And it's not terrible move, in my opinion. Like, um Sabonis doesn't really like he doesn't check the analytics boxes, but he's a monster. He's a good ball mover. He um, he can get out and you know he can push a break a little bit. Hell of a rebounder. Um, he's just a really good solid player. Um, I think I think I would rather have Sabonis and Fox probably on a team than what Halliburton and Fox were giving you without a big. Mm-hmm. So I, I see that. The problem I have is I feel like you could have looked around the league and found another maybe even better player or better package to get for Halliburton. I think Halliburton's um, value is a lot higher than um, what they got, but, Mm -hmm. you know, getting a multiple time all-star who's what, 25, 26, like that's not a bad gig and he's not on a bad deal. I think he's making under 20 a year. So Mm -hmm. um, that's not terrible. I I think it's okay. Um, And then for Indiana's side, you know, they're on full rebuild now. You know, 
And they've still got some guys to chop up. I mean, they've still got um, Brogdon, who's got three years left. They've got Buddy Heald, which is three years. I think Brogdon's making 22 a year for the next three. Um, Buddy's making 20 for the next two. Turner's got 18 next year. Um, Those guys probably all need to go. Uh, And then you're going to build around this high draft pick you're going to get this year. And they've got Duarte and Halliburton in the backcourt. That's Mm -hmm. a decent start to a whole new uh, franchise. So Mm -hmm. I I don't think that's bad. Yeah, yeah, I I think so too. I think that I – now I get what Sacramento is doing. Now they have been very vocal all year that we're trying to make a run. We're not making a run, but they're trying to make the playoffs, right? And the best player in that deal – was DeMontis Sabonis, like yes. right now. Like Halliburton, could it happen? And not close. It's really not close. Either. Right, right. Could it happen with Halliburton down the line? Very possible. And yeah. that's 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 the upside that Indiana might be looking at, like, oh, we get Halliburton. Now, sure. I, have, I have heard in the media and stuff that Halliburton was very hurt by being moved from Sacramento. Apparently, like, he, he was asked, I believe it was like a week before, like, uh, they just come off of a really bad loss and they asked him about it and he's like, I'm here to, I, I'm part of this team. This is everything to me. Like this is a, this is a team that drafted me, blah, blah, blah. And then they go and trade him. Now maybe that's just the harsh realities of the NBA, but I'm rooting for Halliburton in Indiana. But yeah, I, I think it's, I think it's a good move for both sides. I I'm seeing, I've been looking at other people reviewing it and they're giving Sacramento like an F just because they gave yeah. up Halliburton. I don't, I, I don't. I don't read into that. I think they got the best player in the deal. Well, I so. mean, here's the thing: um, you're not moving Fox, so f- yeah, they may have they may have had a bad trade, like they like value for value long term. It's very possible, but I don't right. think Fox and Halliburton were working together, so one of them had to move, and you can't move Fox right now. So that's right. the move they had to do. A um, right. little bit about Halliburton. Um, we've talked about him a couple of times on here. A good friend of mine's dad coached him in high school in Oshkosh. And oh, my, friend, my friend who played basketball um, at the school I went to, college, uh, you know, grew up helping him, like working with him as a youth and kids. So, like, they know him very well. Um, and, you know, he just bought a house out in Sacramento. I think maybe moved his parents out there. I know his – and bought his parents a house. I know his um, girlfriend, I think, uh, transferred schools to finish out there. So – you oh, know, no. it's that whole reality of trades, and I think this is probably a story with almost all these guys. Is right. You gotta you gotta take your whole life up and move it. So, I mean, there's a lot more than just statistics being moved around. These are real people in real situations. But, right. Um, like for yeah, for for I example, think, not not to cut you off, but just no, one thing funny. I heard from uh, Kendrick Perkins. He was talking on on the ESPN. Like they asked him about like what's the effect of having like a trade um, on on the actual person. He was like. Yeah, my my son's been to eight schools, <laughs> like right. growing up, and he's still in high school. Like that, that would be crazy. But you don't yeah. think about it. Like, like think about Ish. I don't know if Ish Smith has kids, but think about what his family must be going through. He gets <laughs> traded like every single year. Yeah. Like, where's yeah. the stability in or that? Or Rubio, and that's the thing or with Rubio. Rubio. Yeah. That's what he said. He's like, I'm kind of sick. Like before, like when the Timberwolves moved him, he's like, you know, that's why I can see him being done with the NBA. Like he's. He's mm-hmm. a loyal guy that no one's loyal to, you know, and that's what Halliburton is. I mean, he came from small town Oshkosh, Wisconsin, went to Ames, Iowa. You know, he's, you know, just a hardworking kind of kid, you know, and then he goes out thinking that he's found his place in California and it's going to work out. And then, mm-hmm. you know, business is business. 
Right. And what a and I know you can find a city anywhere, but what a jump from California to Indiana. Like like that that's a pretty big jump if you're gonna make one. Now I know it's not like Sacramento isn't necessarily LA, but still, I mean that that's still a big jump. But organization yeah. wise, yeah. it might be a better move though. That's true. That's true. Yeah. Uh, I is Larry Bird still involved in Indiana? I think Larry Bird's always going to be involved in Indiana one way or another, but uh, I don't think he is officially. Oh, okay, okay, okay. <laughs> so let, let's move on to the next trade. We kind of talk about the Simmons one, but the other one that started right before the deadline, uh, the C.J. McCollum to uh, to the Pelicans. What do you think about this one? Another trade that everyone was saying, you know, Portland dropped the ball and they fell apart. You're giving a guy away for nothing. Um what I didn't like about this trade is Portland took a lot of money back. Um, like the idea is to just dump money right now. Portland's trying to, you know, start over. And, you know, they've got, they, they created a $21 million trade exception, meaning that's like a coupon for, for, and I think you've got it for a year, use it as like a mm-hmm. coupon for salary cap. So that's nice. But more importantly, next year, they've got $60 million are going to be under the cap. Um so that's a good chunk of money to rebuild with to, you know, because the McCollum and Lillard thing wasn't working, you know, like there's no rings on anyone's fingers and they're not getting any younger. So right. I think it was time to bail from that plan. Almost like, you know, you know, Fox and Halliburton, you know, mm-hmm. if it's not working, you got to make a move. So right now they're, they're, they're lucky enough to have um, Anthony Simons or Anthony Simons, who's looking to be as good, if not better than McCollum. And they're going to have to sign him next year. So now they already have two solid, you know, backcourt guys if Lillard comes back. Mm-hmm. And then they're going to have, you know, maybe $40 million to play with. Um, not mm-hmm. a bad move and probably a high draft pick. So I think for like starting over, you know, I think that that was a smart move that they can do a quick rebuild because they're, they're going to have two solid guards that you know can score 20 25 points a game and and now they can build up their front court and everything else Mm -hmm. um for for the pelicans i like it because you bring in a vet that knows how to play the game you bring you add him with brandon ingram who's having a phenomenal year oh yeah Um, you know they've got graham who i like a lot although he's kind of fallen off the last two years but i like graham Mm -hmm. um so you've got an explosive team. You've got um, Valanchunas, who's just a monster down low. Mm-hmm. Um, and then you've got this trade chip of uh, Zion, who, you know, supposedly doesn't want to be there. I don't know how it's going to work, but if you can, you know, finesse some kind of deal to bring a bunch of assets back from Zion to build around that roster, you've got a kind of a vet roster right away that can maybe make a push for some mm-hmm. playoff some playoff noise. I mean, I I don't really, they don't really have that star type guy. Like I would say Brandon Ingram's like probably low level all-star kind of guy. Mm -hmm. Um, But you know, maybe you can bring back an all-star for Zion. Who knows? Yeah, that's true. Also there's, there's the perspective, maybe bring back Zion and maybe just let that big three do their thing. Like I wouldn't say it's a world beating big three, but it's better than what the Pelicans have had in the past. So sure. I mean, it's definitely a good team. Yeah, I mean, you got uh, you got McCollum, you got Ingram and Zion. I mean, who? The problem is we don't know what Zion's going to be when he comes back. Is the thing like now there were if reports he comes back, right? Uh, there was reports that he's way out of shape. 
there's reports that uh, I don't know. Surprise. But man, yeah, how good is uh, how good is Memphis feeling right now with John Morant though? Just feeling that they, I almost feel like they they must be feeling like they dodged a bullet with the whole Zion thing. For sure, I mean Zion's yeah. got a lot of Jamarcus Russell in him. Like he's got he that's what he looks like to me. Like one of those guys that maybe he doesn't really have that love for the game, was just a natural athlete, um, never really puts the work in. And, I mean, he's got no jumper. Like, he's never mm-hmm. improved. He's he's a dunker. He's a 6'5 dunker. Um, mm-hmm. I don't know. I've never been a huge Zion guy, so it's I'm kind of biased in my opinions on him. But, um, <laughs> yeah, I, I, think, I think the Pelicans would be smart to move him for whatever they can get. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I think so. Man, you, you, I think it's going to be tough for them to find a trade partner, though, because the like, New who York Knicks. <laughs> maybe. No, maybe. not even maybe. They want him bad. Oh, do they? Um, oh, okay. oh, yeah. They've, they've been and, – and supposedly he wants to go there, which is perfect because no one else wants to. So that would work. <laughs> yeah. Uh, man, I mean, I I don't know. I, I hate to see the Knicks implode, but that's kind of what they're doing right do now. You? But. I don't know. I've always been a, a closet Knicks fan. I, I, I was I was in I was in when like Carmelo. I actually got to see them play in MSG when Carmelo and Stoudemire. The good year, not not the bad years, but the actual yeah, good yeah. year. I that that was right around high school, and the, those were some good years. But I, I've always been a, a closet Knicks fan. But I don't know. But one of my I, one of my really good friends is a closet is a is a true Knicks fan. But he's a. Uh, he goes back to the you know Patrick Ewing, um, sure. John Starks kind of era. Yeah, and I think it's good. I think it's. I will say this: I do think it's good for the NBA when there's a good team in New York. Like when the Knicks sure. are good, I think it is good for the NBA just for ratings and stuff like that. I think it brings more people in. But yeah, I don't know. But uh, so oh, also, I wanted to bring up just before we get to the next trade, one loser. From this from this NBA uh, trade deadline, that I will say, man, what are the Lakers doing? Like well, the the answer is nothing. But how do you how do you literally have LeBron go into a press conference and say, I don't I don't think this team is that good, and then not try something? Do, do I mean try? Like, Supposedly there was a deal out there that was John Wall, Wall yeah. and Westbrook, but they were going to have to give up a first. And I don't know if that's even that much of an improvement. I think you have to just hope that, I mean, Westbrook was a monster second half of the season last year. Maybe that'll happen again. I don't know. Mm-hmm. He seems to have the yips or something like there's probably, I've seen probably 15, 20 of these like uh, wing jump shots that he tries to go, tries to go glass this year that he's like throwing them over the entire hoop. Like, I don't know mm-hmm. what's going on with Westbrook, but yeah. You know, when you've got three guys making $40 million a year um, and everyone else is making like $3 million a year, it's hard to make a trade. You know, mm-hmm. that's the problem. And that's what Rosas always wanted to do. He wanted to keep a guy making $18 million. He wanted to keep some $14 millions, And he wanted to keep some like $10 million guys because now you got chips that you can move around the deck chairs to make a trade work. Right. Um, you can't do that. Like if, if no one's jumping at, you know, um, what's his name? Uh, Trenton Horton Tucker. Yeah, um, Taylor Horton Tucker. Yeah. Like you pretty much got him making like six mil or seven or something like that. And then like a first round pick. If you got no one jumping at that, you literally have no other chips to pass. So that's true. They're just trapped. If I if I were, were the Lakers and I have LeBron, who's I mean, let's face it. He's got I mean, he said in an interview that he wants to play until Bronny 
comes in the league. Sure. I don't know. I don't know if he can do that. I think he'll have to be oh, in a part yes. time. Yes, that's two years. No, that's that's three years. No, it's not because he'll be. I think he can be a freshman and come out. He can come out. He doesn't have to go to college. Oh, oh, okay. Wait, so he'll be able. To, I think he'll be able to come out right after high school, and he will. Why wouldn't you? You know, you know, who's not drafting a guy that LeBron says he's going to go play with? I guess, yeah. I mean, that's the number one pick in the draft right there, isn't it? Who cares if you can play? You get LeBron James. That's true. Well, maybe not the number one pick, but it's a first-round pick. I don't – it's just the thing, like, LeBron is great when he's on the court, but he hasn't been on the court much this year. Like, he's breaking down. And it shouldn't be too much of a surprise for NBA fans because, what, he's 37, so he's getting up there. So, mm-hmm. I don't know. But, uh, yeah, I, I honestly, if I'm the Lakers – I almost do the John Wall thing and just see if it see if it works out because what, what they're doing now isn't working. So I, I would have tried it at least. Yeah, I uh, yeah, they're in trouble. Also, uh, uh, on the uh, uh, on the talking about the the Rockets, Christian Wood is still a Rocket, and Eric Gordon is still a Rocket, which is surprising to me. I don't yeah. understand why. Yeah, I mean, I I mean. I guess Wood's a good player. He's still fairly young, so maybe they're like, "Well, we're going to use him as our vet and build around him still, build around him and these other super young guys." Um, Gordon, I don't understand unless there's no interest for him. But you'd think right. you could at least grab a couple seconds. Like, why not? Right. He's I, doing you no good. I yeah, I would have loved. I would have given up a couple seconds for Eric Gordon. Absolutely, hundred yeah, percent. I mean, you have to make the salary match. I don't know what he's making. Right. Probably twenty million, but. Right. I mean, yeah, we have to dump some people, but that's easily doable. So so before we go too far into other teams, and I kind of gave my two cents on the video that came out on this yeah. channel, your thoughts on the Wolves not doing anything? Okay with it? Leery about it? Or just kind of – just just your thoughts? Um, I think Leary is a good question, a good, good, good word. Um, it's one of those things where, you know, I'm glad we didn't make a bad deal. You know, and we've made things like that in the past. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think it's important to, you know, to build chemistry. I don't think that's a bad thing. And to find out really what we have, like, um, I would have liked a low-level move. Like I said, I would have loved the Levert move. I think what we need to do, or what I would do if I was a GM, is I think we need to punch some lottery tickets. You know, like, is Mo Bamba going to be – is he, is he going to be a superstar or a really good player? Who knows? Is Levert going to be a really good player? I don't know. You know, take a couple of these young players that, um, you know, are their, other, their teams are kind of done with and sniff them through for half a year and, and see if they're going to be something special. Um, if mm-hmm. they're not, move on from them. That's fine. Like if, if it doesn't cost much. So I would like to do that, um, but we'll see. I mean, it's going to be interesting. I think now the move would be if I was the Wolves going forward, and which we might talk about in a future video is like what's going forward with the Wolves for you. But um, I think it's time to, you know, maybe even this off season, not really make many moves either and keep our salary cap kind of as low as we can, you know, maybe just over the cap a little bit um, mm-hmm. and wait until we can make a big splash move because we might as well see what Nas is going to be in a couple of years. We might as well see what McDaniels is going to be. You mm-hmm. know, we might as well see if Vanderbilt can add a corner jumper and something. Um, 
but we definitely have some holes. So, um, but we're going to have a first round pick this year. We've got three seconds, which we're going to package probably and move for maybe some future seconds or maybe move up into the first, who knows, but Mm -hmm. um, we only have three roster spots to fill and we've got, you know, the guys that are leaving are a Kogi Prince and, and Beverly. So we might sign one of those guys back. Um, We got a first round pick to put in there. Like we got, we got some low level moves, but what it's telling me is we're not looking to make a big push next year either. You know, we're going to try to build organically and maybe move up the Western conference. Like this Mm -hmm. year we'll be, you know, eight, seven, six, and maybe next year we'll be seven, six, five range, you know, and just kind of do that until something maybe pops where we can grab somebody that'll be a needle mover. Right. Do you think, I I almost wonder, are we kind of like the Memphis, trying to do it like the Memphis Grizzlies are kind of did it? Like they, they, they get in the league, they, or not not in the league, but they, they make the play-in tournament. Then next year they make the playoffs, make some noise. And then they then like this year, it seems like they're going on the big run. Big run. Are we are we kind of two years away almost? Yeah. Um, you know, I think we're – I think we are. And, and I think – I mean, I think Memphis might have to look out. They might they, – they sound a lot or they look a lot like what Atlanta looked like last year to me, a team that's – catching fire and very easily the very next year could, could maybe not have it. So mm-hmm. we'll see about them, but um, yeah, I mean, I think we're working, I think we're working our way up um, and may, maybe even more like Atlanta, maybe more like Atlanta where all of a sudden we might have a year where we go get a guy like Gallinari and go get a guy like Capella and we might, you know, sell it all and make that big run. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, one trade that I thought was kind of interesting, and and my, you, if you want to know my thoughts kind of on the Wolves, I made a video on this channel. You can go check it out. It's called My Initial Thoughts on the Trade Deadline. But quick summary on that. I don't mind that we didn't do anything. Uh, Marcus Smart must have been too much money, or we couldn't make the salaries match, or just didn't think it was a good move. But you can check out that it's video. Long on money. The- it's a lot yeah. of years on that money, too. Yeah, for sure. That would be a long-term commitment. Uh, one guy in, in uh, one guy that I wanted to mention, Montrez Harrell, I thought went very, very cheap. And that's what I was kind of looking at for the Wolves. I mean, all that the Washington got was Vernon Carey and Ish Smith. That seems like, to me, when I hear Vernon Carey and Ish Smith, that kind of seems like like Josh Akogi and Jake Lehman. Like that, that, yeah. that sounds like that kind of deal to me. So do you, do you think was. we could have made a play at that? Like, uh, or so what's interesting is when you see something like that happen, you're like, man, that was this guy was two years removed from six man of the year. Like, he's a monster. Like, he put up, I don't know, like a 20 game on us the other night or beginning of the year. So, why would someone move him for so cheap when they turned around and made a big play for Perzingis? Well, mm-hmm. what I think it is, is I think people don't like Montrell's Harrell. Like, I think oh, okay. it's very possible that he's not loved in that locker room or in that organization and they wanted him out Um, because now they're trying to, they're trying to decide how do we keep, how do we keep Bradley Beal? You know, how do we keep Beal? We've got Kuzma who's on, he's gets, he's paid for 15 million for three more years. That's not bad. You got Mm -hmm. Porzingis that's there for a couple of two or three more years and you got Beal. That's not a terrible lineup right there. If you can build around that, um, and I think Harold was just a guy that is probably a cancer. Mm-hmm. I mean, there was 
There were some rumblings that the wolves were sniffing around him, but they thought he was maybe a locker room uh, trouble and you know, like a like a like a vibes, bad vibes kind of killer or a sure. good vibes killer kind of guy. So for him to go for so cheap raises an eyebrow for sure. Right, for sure, absolutely, and more, more, uh, more credit, more power to Gupta if he looked into that trade and thought. I, I have such good team chemistry right now. I don't want to try to jeopardize that. I mean, more power to him uh, if if that was if that if that's what what came up and that's and who knows how that's going to work. And now you have two guys with the Wizards, Porzingis and uh, Harrell. That who knows if people even like playing playing with those two. I mean, that has come up in the past. Like who knows? I think Kuzma's had some of those uh, bad vibes before too, but he seems to be really really fitting in well there. And man, it's his, his, his game skyrocketed. That's a guy that supposedly um, I've heard rumors that Rosas turned down, um, turned down Rubio for, for Kuzma um, and went with Prince instead. Interesting. Interesting. Uh, I, I did not hear that, but that that's interesting. If that's true, would you have, would you have rather had Prince or Kuzma? Kuzma by a mile. Okay. Kuzma's killing it this year. Kuzma would oh, be – if we had Kuzma right now on his three years, $15 million a year, whatever deal he has, um, we would be set at power forward. Um, and we would – I think we would be, uh, you know, pushing for like a 5-4 seed. I think he's okay. that good. Okay. But and he's from Michigan, so he's local, kind of. Kind of, yeah. Midwest, Midwest yeah. elite. Um, so yeah, I think we're going to end it there. Uh, this is the everything's coming up Timberwolves podcast. We'll have Jared back next week, but Chris, thanks so much for being here. No problem. This is the everything's coming up Timberwolves podcast. Make sure to like, share, and subscribe on YouTube and hit that bell. So you never miss an episode and follow us on Spotify. Also, so you never miss an episode. If you're listening to it on Spotify and as always go wolves.